Welcome to BMCC Book Talk. The Blue Mountain Community College Library in Pendleton, Oregon has teamed up with the Pendleton Public Library to host a virtual book club for students and the community. I'm Ashley Emmons from the BMCC Library, and my co-host is Heather Culley from the Pendleton Public Library. If you can't make it to our meetings yourself, or if you would just like to listen in, this podcast will be the source for all of our meeting recordings. We can't guarantee the podcast will be free of cursing or mature concepts, so listen at your own discretion. If you'd like to participate yourself, visit our website at libguides.bluecc.edu slash virtualbookclub. That's L-I-B-G-U-I-D-E-S dot bluecc.edu slash virtualbookclub. We recommend keeping up with our current reading schedule as you listen to avoid confusion and get the most enjoyment out of this podcast. We do not guarantee any summary of the reading material, and we reserve the right to get sidetracked. Also, beware of spoilers! This week, we'll be discussing chapters 14 through 18 of Akata Witch by Nnedi Okorafor, as well as chapters 8 through 9 of Dragon Singer by Anne McCaffrey. It's Heather! I don't know that Brittany's going to make it today. She keeps trying and not being able to. She just gets caught up in emails and stuff all the time. We just got off of a a long meeting as well, so she probably needs a break. (laughs) I I have a request into her to join me on the Public Library podcast, but she hasn't gotten back to me yet, and I hope she can. But I'm doing all gardening people in March anyway, so sometime after that, we'll be fine. Nice. Some aspect of gardening. Not all just growing a vegetable garden. I wish that I knew more about that than I do. (laughs) Well, we're going to be having a month-long gardening theme at the library for adult programming. Uh, We are going to be going into uh, have a QA, and a a Facebook Live where people can ask me stuff on February, not February, March 9th at 6 p.m. I forgot that today was March. It's March day. Yeah. And I have a form for people to fill out if they have a question that's not on the day and I can get back to them. And I am having Matthew Campbell, who does, uh, he grows butterflies and he t- likes to talk about growing food at your own home. And he likes to talk about native species of butterflies and getting them reestablished. He does a lot of that. He donates caterpillars and chrysalis to the library a lot and so every summer we hatch out butterflies nice that sounds really cool i i remember doing that as a kid that was really fun butterflies are cool Mm -hmm. i wish that i could grow my own vegetables but right now i'm living with my parents so even asking for a spot to do that is a big thing but also i don't like insects very much uh-huh. so digging around in dirt to plant things and take care of things is a struggle for me i do kind of want to get one of those tower planters that you can put in your house sure that would be pretty cool yeah they have some problems it is not uh, unless you're growing stuff that's like really house plants 
mm-hmm. there's problems. They they need more air circulation than you're expecting them to need. And just mm-hmm. because they're small, they really don't do very well in the enclosed, dry place that a house is. So yeah. you have to be you have to be careful in what you pick, just so that you can get a result of some kind. Yeah, I would definitely have to do some research. But, you know, you can grow your own microgreens just right there in your room. Yeah, that would be nice, honestly. I feel like I don't get enough of any sort of fresh plant in uh, my diet. Yeah. (laughs) So I would love to grow basically anything. I used to have, when I was living in my apartment, a basil plant Uh that I was very proud of. I it, It got sick. And then I was like, oh, I'm so bad with plants. I don't know what I'm doing. And then I nursed it back to health. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I did it. And then winter hit and we didn't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> so it died anyway. And I was These are the things sad. that happen. Yeah. I, I want to grow basil again at some point. Sure. But I'm not sure when it, it will be after I move out. Uh-huh. My mom know- has a basil plant, but I <laughs> don't really interact with it. That's her thing. <laughs> And you have cats. You can grow wheatgrass for the cats. That would be cool. See, that's the other thing is that like, I would love to grow succulents and things like that. But you really have to do research on what's safe for cats because so many plants are not safe for cats. Yeah. So I really need to do some digging into that. And then maybe I could actually plant some things that would be, you know, just kind of fun to grow. If you want something that is fun to grow and cats love it, uh, it's spider plants. Oh, nice. They will eat a spider plant right up if you let them. But (laughs) if you get a spider plant going, and they go very well indoors because they don't really need a lot of direct light. Mm -hmm. If you get a spider plant going well enough that it gets little baby plants on it, clip them off, feed them to the cat. That sounds fun. Love it. Yeah, I would totally be down for that. And yeah, if it's a plant that can grow well indoors without too much sunlight, that's perfect for me because I don't have anywhere to put plants that's like really great for growing plants. And air plants are terrific. Mm -hmm. You do have to make sure that they are spritzed every few days, but really no more care is needed. That is all they need. That sounds great, Uh, especially because I haven't grown very much before now. So it would be good to have a sort of beginner level plant. The one that I have the best luck with is begonia because they can dry out because you forgot them. And then you can drench them because suddenly you remember them and they love that. That That's fine. Yep. Nice. Yep. And they're beautiful leaves, and sometimes they have flowers, and sometimes the flowers, the whole point, and they're great then. Yeah, but go. That sounds cool. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Okay, well, I do not think anybody is going to be joining us. If they do, of course, we'll welcome them when they arrive. Mm -hmm. But I think we can go ahead and get started. Okay. All right. You want Akata Witch or Dragon Singer first? Akata Witch. All right. So my first prompt that I wrote was, what did you think of the football soccer game and Sonny's interactions with the other players? What about the response from the crowd? I thought that that was like a microcosm of the whole 
book mm-hmm. where she is a talented person and instead of this whole book length time of trying to make her own way and find her own place it was one small event where she made her place on that team and in that game and she proved to everybody with her own talents that she belonged there Mm -hmm. i thought that was uh if it had been a short story on its own just an introduction of sunny with leaving out the the magic and everything just an introduction of sunny and then who she is and being an albino and being american and nigerian and then that game i think that would have been a practically perfect short story yeah i agree i also think it's kind of nice that they didn't use magic in the game because it really did give her a chance to say I have worth on my own. I don't yep. have to have these special powers that are a part of my albinism or whatever. I'm just this albino girl who, you know, is Nigerian and American and I I am female and I'm going to show you what a female can do. I'm going to show you what I'm capable of and that it doesn't matter that I'm female, that I still have this talent and you really need to judge me on a personal level, not just based on this group that I happen to belong to. Yeah. Yes. And it was completely different from uh, everything else that she had gone through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't a big traumatizing event. It wasn't anything spectacular. It was just a soccer game. And it was just navigating those dynamics of the two teams the interrelationships between the players in a team and then the overall scope of I'm a girl and I'm playing soccer. Yeah. And also it really showed why Sasha is on anyone's team anywhere. Cause you know, he's a troublemaker and that's the kind of character I don't really care for, mm-hmm. but he insisted that she be in that game because he knew how good she was and yeah. just really makes him much more of a cool character than he's been. I agree. I really liked seeing him interact with her in that way. And it was interesting to me as well, because I feel like both the players on the teams and the crowd interacted in sort of a, there's like dual layers to the way that they reacted to Sunny because they all start to see like, oh, she's really talented. She's really awesome at this. We really support her. But then you also see there are still people even after the game reacting like, well, what the heck? You're a girl, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I kind of liked that that was a part of the book because that's the reality of it. I like Uh that it wasn't like everybody suddenly loves her and doesn't question it and understands her. And I also like that they showed that other girls were talking about, I didn't know I could play uh, and I didn't know that that was allowed. But now I'm going to try because I saw that you were able to do it and everybody accepted you. So I'm going to I'm going to try to do that. But in reality, she's not fully accepted. But people are starting to see that she has value as an individual. And that there had been people in the past, women in the past who played in that game and everybody mm-hmm. acted like, oh, no, women don't ever do this. Mm-hmm. Sure yeah, they, they do. just overlook it. <laughs> 
and that's the reality too. That that's what happens in a lot of situations. People say, "Well, you're the exception to the rule. This has never happened before. This is incredible. We didn't even know this could happen." And it's, well, no, it just got suppressed. It just got left behind in history. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I, I felt like that was a really cool story. And yeah, I think as a short story, it would have been great. All right. So next one is. Do you think Chi-Chi and Sasha learned a lesson from their actions at the student social? Absolutely not. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> not one, not one bit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think it told them exactly the wrong thing that somebody will always clean up after them. Yep, I agree. And I also noticed they still got off pretty easy. That's been a theme throughout this book is that all of these students are getting off pretty easy. Sunny goes to the library for the time that she shows her spirit face to somebody outside of the leopard community and uh -huh. they threaten to punish her, but they don't actually punish her. They just kind of scare her a little bit. Yep. And then you get to this part where Chi Chi summons this thing that could have killed so many people. And is this really dangerous thing that's hard to control would have been hard to rein back in had Orlu not been there. But I mean, she gets punished, but I really expected something more severe. You know, it seems like the leopard community is a bit ruthless. But when it comes to keeping the students in line, I feel like they they really go easy on these particular students. I don't know if that's true of all students in the leopard community. But it seems like these ones get off pretty easy. Yeah. Sasha it didn't really get punished at all. Yeah. And he should have because he was a part of it. He was encouraging her the whole time. He was helping her figure out how to do this. He, uh, it sounds like they both took part in doing this once before. Uh -huh. And he just never got any punishment from it. It was just Chi Chi. She went to the library right after they got home. But other than that, not much happened, which was kind of shocking to me. I wonder if it's another one of these double standard girls get in trouble, but boys don't. I was kind of wondering that, too. I know that Sasha's gotten in trouble before, but it still seems like he could have gotten in worse trouble than he did. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting to me. And I kind of was surprised that Anatov wasn't harder on them because he seems like he could be a really strict teacher. And he could hold them to really high standards. He seems to think that they're capable of being held to really high standards. He knows uh -huh. that they're really smart. He knows that they're capable of really incredible things. And I would think that he would be really strict with them because of that. But it seems like he's going easy on them. It does. It's really strange. I'm curious to see if we get some sort of reason for that in the future. But I don't know. Me either. <laughs> I feel like maybe he knows that something's coming up that's going to teach them their lesson. But I feel like if they were going to be taught a lesson, it should have happened before now because we're starting to see they're going into battle now. So I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we're in agreement. They didn't learn from it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have any predictions for the confrontation with Black Hat? I don't think it's going to go great. Right. I think that they uh, they don't, nobody will tell them at all, really, what 
is gonna what it's gonna look like or what it's gonna go up against what Mm -hmm. what it's gonna be and they're just gonna have to figure it out yeah and when chi chi and sasha figure stuff out they are reckless and headstrong yes indeed (laughs) and you know even orla's a little bit self-centered about what's gonna happen he knows what he can do and that's the only thing that he concentrates on how he's Mm -hmm. going to react i don't think they work as a team yeah and honestly yeah they definitely can and honestly i think that his role that he played in the student social event i feel like that just solidified that more for him he seems to have this feeling like well i can clean everything up so whatever you know which Uh we have yet to see if that's actually true. He can do it in a lot of situations, it seems. It sounds like what he did at the student social was a pretty big deal, pretty powerful, uh, required a lot of natural talent and ability. But that doesn't mean that he's going to go up against this very powerful person who nobody else seems to be able to stop and just do it with no problem. So yeah, I'm pretty nervous. Yeah, I also think that they aren't getting very much information because it sounds like they've sent the leopard community has sent countless people after Black Hat and it hasn't gone well for any of them, but they haven't said what happened. They haven't said this is what he did to, you know, get rid of this person or irreversibly damage this person or whatever. I guess they probably don't know what they did. They just know that somebody went to rescue children that came back not completely dead anyway, Mm -hmm. but the others didn't come back. I think that's all they do know. That's possible. And it's not like the children who were rescued are going to have information, really, because they're probably just completely traumatized and out of it, you know. And little... Yeah, they're they're pretty young. And I mean, there were ones that came back with no eyes and stuff like that. It's not yeah. like they're going to be focused on all of the things that happened around them and they're going to know what happened. That's probably either jumbled in their minds because of what they were going through during it or just completely wiped because that's a coping mechanism that your brain uses. Right. <laughs> So yeah, it is a little frustrating though, because it feels like they don't have any information going in. They just know there are some kids that need rescued. Good luck. Yep. Which is terrifying, (laughs) especially because they're so young themselves, you know, they're rescuing kids who are a few years younger than them, really. Right. That's pretty scary. I guess though, that not knowing is better than knowing the wrong thing. That's true. They could hear what happened and just be too terrified to even move. Or plan to overcome something in that way, and that's not what happens. That's not the right plan to make. That could be. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, especially because we've already said Orlu seems pretty, you know, inflexible about things. So I feel like if he's doing the planning, then he's going to have a very firm idea of what they're going to do and then that's not going to happen but then if chi chi and sasha are planning well that's a whole mess (laughs) yeah 
And then Sunny, I don't think Sunny's really capable of planning anything. She is just pretty reactive. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> Whatever happens, exactly it's not going right. to go well. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I I'm nervous about it. I feel like in the end, like the overall result is going to be you did it, you know, like something happens that is an accomplishment, but I don't know that that's going to look like what we want it to look like. I don't know if the children are going to get rescued. I don't know if uh, the main characters are going to come out of it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, no one will come out unscathed. Yeah, for sure. I think that everyone's going to be traumatized or injured or a combination of the two, you know? Yeah. So, and I don't know if everyone's going to survive. Yeah. Who knows? Which is upsetting to think about, of course. You're talking about a bunch of kids. (laughs) Yep. But that's the reality of the story. So, yeah. A little nerve-wracking, but we will see what happens. I'm quite interested. I think that the author definitely has set up some suspense. Uh-huh. So should be good, but not necessarily good in a really super positive way. <laughs> good in a loose definition of the terms. Good in a literary sort of sense. <laughs> Much like life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then did anything else seem particularly striking to you in these chapters? What sticks with me is when she goes home and her dad has a guest and they're sitting there drinking in the living room uh, and she gets the grasshopper off her dad's head. It's not a grasshopper. I forget what it's called. That scene, I always remember. (laughs) Yeah, that was a pretty weirdly striking scene because it seems kind of mundane, but in a way it's really super not. Uh Uh-huh. Especially because of her relationship with her dad, it's, I don't know, she almost takes a second there to care about him and to be like, this doesn't actually matter to you because you don't know what's happening, but I'm just going to go ahead and help you out. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of interesting for her. Yeah. And for their relationship. And I I don't know, seeing him with a friend, like, buddying around and having drinks and whatnot was a little strange, too, because we don't see much of that from him. No. So that was an interesting side to his story. And I feel like we don't know a lot. It made me think about we don't know a lot about him. We don't yeah. know a lot about his his motivations mm-hmm. or his past or anything. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I already kind of knew that, but I didn't think that much about it. So that was interesting. One of the things that stood out to me is... Sunny talks to her aunt on the phone and asks uh, aunt, if you pronounce it that way, I pronounce it aunt. I uh, do too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she talks to her on the phone and she asks, can you tell me anything about grandma? And her aunt says, no, you should look in your mom's room for information. And then later in the story, I believe it's Anatov says that, her mom is the only one who could answer questions about her grandma. Uh-huh. Which is really interesting to me that even Sonny's aunt doesn't know anything. It's just her mom. Does she not know or she won't say? I was wondering that 
but it's I not get the her feeling place. that she doesn't know. Maybe she doesn't know, but it felt to me like it's just not her place. She can't overcome that social barrier. I feel to, like it might be a combination of the two. To analyze and discuss their mother. That's the place of the oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's probably both because she does seem uncertain. And Anatov confirms that her mom would be the only person. I mean, he could be saying that because it is her place and not the sister's place. But I get the feeling that she doesn't know. But I definitely do think it's also a a social thing of you play this role in the family. So it is your job to address this issue, not mine. I don't have any right to do so. Yeah. And yeah, it makes me wonder how much Sunny's mom does know. She clearly knows a lot. I mean, she... After Anatov visits, she like fully understands the gravity of the situation. She knows that her daughter is basically going off to war against this magical, superhuman, evil dude, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I wonder how many details she knows. And I really want to see more of the connections between Black Hat and Sunny's grandma. Yeah, me too. I think that's really interesting. And obviously the author's trying to pull you into that. Uh-huh. Let's see. I don't know if there was anything else that super stood out to me. I think we pretty much covered it. There was a lot of the dumb male comments like, just like like a girl who develops breasts too fast. It doesn't mean <laughs> she's mature or anything. Right. <laughs> like, you did not just make a point there, bro. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I my note that I wrote with that was that comparison didn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot of that. I think that was about it for me, though. Really, I'm just, you know, gearing myself up for this big confrontation. I felt like that breast remark was aimed at Chi Chi. Yeah, could be. Because they're always slamming her about her age and how attractive she is to boys. So mm-hmm. I feel like that was that was a little snide remark. Yeah, well, and there's the whole thing with Sasha and Chi-Chi and then Orlu and Sunny. And I feel like Orlu is a little upset that Sasha and Chi-Chi are into each other. And there's a whole dynamic going on. <laughs> I think Orlu would prefer that uh, Sasha not have any part in anything. Yeah, I think think so too. I think he finds him threatening. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I can understand sort of why that is. I mean, they didn't like each other when Sasha showed up. And (sighs) there's Sasha's whole backstory about getting in trouble. And Orlu obviously thinks he's better than that and doesn't trust Sasha and stuff like that. So I can kind of see where that rivalry is building. But at the same time, I think that they've taken it farther than it makes sense to take it. Mm -hmm. And obviously they need to work together right now. And that's going to get in the way of that. So, And surprisingly, I think that it is Sasha who is the one who needs feminine input more than Orlu does. Mm -hmm. Sasha needs the support and praise and input of strong women yeah he needs it that's how he needs to feel whole 
mm-hmm. but I don't think Orlu does. Yeah. Everything he needs comes from inside himself. I think that's true. I think he really, and in some good ways and some bad ways, believes in himself above anything. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that does affect his relationships with others, particularly with the girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously his relationship with Sasha too, because he says like, I am a rule abiding good citizen and <laughs> you are not. And I don't appreciate that. And I think that's <laughs> about as much as he will give Sasha his attention is just, you're kind of a pain and you're kind of an idiot. And yeah. that's that. <laughs> so, you're, yeah. He's practically saying you're bad and American. Yeah. You don't have a place here. Which is interesting because he doesn't seem to look down on Sunny for that. Right. And Sunny has made her mistakes, too. She's uh-huh. done some pretty bad things. Not obviously, like, summoned a a masquerade or anything. Of course. But she's not without fault. But Orlu doesn't seem to care. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. I hope that they figure out a way to work together at least decently during this <laughs> whole event because they're going to need it. Uh-huh. But we'll see. All right, let's move on to Dragon Singer. Right. So, my first question is Did any of the new developments in these chapters surprise you? There was kind of a lot that happened in these chapters. There was. Uh, I, you know, that's not a question I can really answer because it's been a long time since anything surprised me in this story because I have read it. Yeah, that many makes sense. times. Yeah. <laughs> That does make sense. Well, uh, one thing that surprised me was mentally actually lashing out. When... She cleans that kid's clock. Yeah, she did not hold back. <laughs> I was surprised because mentally, I feel like we compare her to Sunny so often because mentally seems so much more controlled and put together. And she seems to be pretty level headed in comparison. But in this instance, when what's her name? Pona? Yeah. Yeah. When Pona insults her and starts saying like, oh, just take her money. She's like, oh, no, you I am not having that. (laughs) This is not happening. I'm about to kick all your butts, (laughs) which she probably could. She probably could. (laughs) But um, yeah, I didn't expect that because she seems to rein herself in so much of the time and to be so worried about acting out in any way. But Uh in the middle of the marketplace during this, you know, very happy (laughs) event that people are trying to enjoy, she's just like, nope, we're going right now. Smack that kid up. Yeah, which (laughs) I would have been probably not any more level headed than her because that guy that was with Pona was a real punk. He was. (laughs) I really was glad she smacked him. Yeah, he was not okay. And when the master harper arrives you see that he gets that too yeah so yeah i did not appreciate that guy i can't remember his name but not great bennis bennis yeah i think you're right yeah Yeah. not a great guy he i mean yeah bennis he clearly is just playing for rank and he doesn't even with pona respect anybody's rank because the master harper is asking him to account for himself 
mm-hmm. the biggest guy on the planet, and he's yeah. busy with dusting his sleeves off. Yeah, yeah, that kid needs a comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that whole confrontation was a lot. Oh, and I think this is probably in my notes somewhere already, but the whole thing with camo in that confrontation was also yeah. again very upsetting. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. the author just digs deep into these stereotypes that we see in the media of uh-huh. big bumbling goofball can't control himself and i'm like yo no <laughs> that's not good <laughs> that's not how it goes Ugh, i don't know i understand sort of where some of those stereotypes come from because people see people who they can't relate to and they just make all these assumptions mm-hmm. but that's exactly what we have to fight against <laughs> uh-huh. and this book doesn't do that at all this book just perpetuates it now it It was rare to find a depiction of anyone Mm -hmm. in young adult books of that period Mm -hmm. that had any kind of atypical experience like camo. Mm -hmm. But yeah, still. Yeah, it's just not good. Yeah, actually, one of the questions that I wrote was, We see more of the stereotypes and negativity the author uses for camo in these chapters. How might these chapters have been written differently? And that scene was the big thing that I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how could I would think uh, not having that particular character would just be great. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I was thinking don't use camo as a plot device <laughs> is the big thing. Yeah. Don't use him as a way to escalate this confrontation that's going on because there's no reason that he needs to be there. And there's no reason that he should be a plot device there. It should be based more on the actual interaction and relationships that are already involved in this issue. Right. Not just throwing somebody in to make it more chaotic, you know? Right. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to do that, throw the fire lizards in, which she did. She put the fire lizards in there, getting all angry and attacking people. That's fine. I mean, that makes more sense because they react to Menelie's emotions and right. they act on those. So that totally makes sense to do. I don't see why they needed to add camo into all of it. Or, you know, even one of the little, one of the other boys, that Mm -hmm. would have been acceptable. One of the other apprentice boys. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, uh, what's his name? The little cutie who is always hanging around mentally. Pimer? Yes. He is there, and he's had his friends kind of hanging around him off and on all day. Could have brought some of them in. Could have brought some of Bennis's buddies into it because they were standing right there and not doing that much really Uh (laughs) they kind of got involved in the confrontation but mostly i think they were you know getting attacked by some fire lizards and (laughs) freaking out (laughs) so could have used those but no chose instead to throw camo into it and just have him flailing around and not thinking about it and I don't know. The whole thing's icky. <laughs> it is. I also feel like the the conclusion of that, and not just for Camo, but for a lot of the characters, was a little weird because a lot of it was just dismissing everybody. Just, you should not be here right now. Go home. 
which to some degree makes sense, but I don't know. I feel like it could have been handled better. I feel like the master Harper should have been like, I'm going to have a talking with you in just one moment. Let me go talk to this person instead for now. You Uh stand right there and behave yourself. Uh But instead he said, no, go home. All of you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, I think he does have the intention to address the issue later. And maybe he was doing that because he was losing his own cool. Uh-huh. He did seem pretty upset, but I don't know. It was handled well, oddly. And then the master Harper there. I mean, um, the hold master showed up and he knew he had to break that up pretty quick. Yeah. So everybody just true. get out of there or the Lord Holder is going to discipline everyone. That was almost comical <laughs> because the Lord Holder shows up. And the Master Harper is just like, all right, everyone disperse. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to deal with this. (laughs) Which I feel like he could have gotten him involved and said, yes, these people that are under you are misbehaving. You may want to address that. But instead, it was kind of like, I don't want to deal with this whole situation. So everyone just leave. (laughs) And I don't think he can really criticize the Lord Holder's son directly. I think that's probably true has to go about it in another way. Mm -hmm. I just that's one of those things where I always go and it's obviously more complicated than this because of (laughs) rank and stuff like that. But I'm always like, why don't you just communicate? Why don't you just tell him straight up what happened? This person (laughs) did this. This person did this. Nobody's fully in the right here. That's what happened. (laughs) I think what you want is for everyone to be held accountable for their, you know, sternly treated for their indiscretions and their naughtiness. And that is Mm -hmm. never, that's never what happens. Well, and And everybody just stands there resenting it and nobody learns a lesson. But instead, they had to go away and think about, oh, we made him mad. Oh, you know what? That was the Master Harper. Oh, I might be going to get in a lot of trouble. Maybe I should quit being a little hood and start being a solid citizen. Yeah, which of course is not how it's going to go. Pona and Bennis are not going to be like, oh, I made a mistake. I should do better. They might be a little upset that they might get in trouble, but they're not going to change their ways overnight, you know? No, but I also think that they're probably out of there. I don't think they're going to get to stay anymore. I think Bennis is going to get sent off to... uh, Something to keep him out of the way for a while, Mm because apparently he has time on his hands, so he'd better have a project. Yeah, if there's any justice in this world that the author has created, they will not (laughs) just be hanging out causing trouble like they have been. But yeah, and it's not like I think that mentally doesn't deserve some sort of, you know, talking to as well. I think that she did act out. And of course, like, yeah, she was acting in rage because these people were mistreating her and Mm -hmm. I totally get that and I would probably do the same but at the same time reacting by punching somebody is not the best approach yeah (laughs) so I feel like she needs to you know learn something from it too I'm not saying I'm not saying go ahead and do the same thing that her parents did and treat her like crap but talk to her and talk about why this is a problem, what she needs to do to fix it, you know, do something. Don't just (laughs) say, I agree, they're terrible. Just go enjoy your evening. Yeah. 
that doesn't make sense to me. She she was not <laughs> acting like a little angel herself. That's my thoughts on that. <laughs> I think that was the thing in this story, in these chapters that stood out to me the most, because these chapters were mostly tame. It was kind of everybody just hanging out. Uh-huh. But that part was pretty surprising to me. <laughs> All right. So one of my other questions about Dragon Singer was speaking about Marshall, the Master Harper tells Menelie, give him the courtesy, do his rank and age and ignore his biased thinking. What are your thoughts on this statement? Uh, That always makes me wonder what exactly is meant by that. I mean, I do not respect a lot of people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Despite their rank and age. So (laughs) what I have always thought, oh, it just, it must be, it must be something that I just don't have in my own life. I don't have to. I guess, though, I do. Uh, You know, I don't constantly pick on somebody (laughs) just because I think they're a jerk. Mm -hmm. Uh, I leave them alone, you know? most of the time see that's the thing (laughs) i feel like there's a difference between respecting somebody like giving them your respect versus putting up with them and not starting something i I think that that is all that is required here yeah exactly i don't think that anybody naturally has earned my respect just because they're older than me or because they have a specific rank in society i think that that is crap. (laughs) I think that if they can't be a decent human being, they don't get my respect. (laughs) But I can let them exist and I cannot start a fight with them. Sure. And you and I, that is that is all the respect that she's talking about here. What you Mm -hmm. and I are thinking is meant by respect is reverence. And that's something else. Mm -hmm. We don't revere those people. We respect Mm -hmm. them. And respect involves not starting shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can do that. Right. <laughs> I can respect the the situation. I can respect what I should be doing as a person. I'm not going to give somebody any sort of position in my life just because of their rank and age, you know? Right. And that is not... That's not required. That is not yeah. a part of respect. Yeah. That's a part of reverence. Yeah. And I think that that's probably just something that our ideas of what different words mean has changed Yeah, over time. Because I think that a lot of people say, I deserve more respect, which they mean, I deserve people to listen to me and do whatever I say and not, right. you know, question me or whatever. Which I'm not going to do that. If you say something that's ridiculous, I'm going to question you. It doesn't matter who you are. (laughs) But I can put up with a certain amount of stuff. I I won't put up with everything because if you're saying something really horrible, I'm probably going to say something about it. I'm probably going to start something because you started it really. (laughs) Right. But if I don't need to start something, I won't. All right. So then the last the last thing that I 
wrote for Dragon Singer was, what do you think of the other characters' responses to Menelie's actions in these chapters? Which we talked about a little bit with the confrontation. I'm trying to think of what other events even happened in these chapters. It's been a while. What did we... Um, everybody just sort of, I think, reacts the way that we did. Uh, oh, I guess she can stand up for herself. Good for her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a little bit more might be necessary. Good for her. But maybe don't punch people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't let people walk on you, but <laughs> don't react with physical violence either. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there were other things before that. I just have a lot of notes about camo in here right now. Yeah. <laughs> because it keeps coming up. Maybe you should write a fanfic where uh camo is redeemed as a character that would be great that would be a pretty amazing project i don't know how well i could do that i think i'd have to do a, a lot of research to make sure i wasn't doing a bad job myself you know uh -huh. of course because i don't have the same type of experience as him i think it would help to kind of lay the ghosts that this story brings up just it's just it's so distasteful <laughs> mm -hmm. and the rest of it's so good and this is just so uncomfortable and then yeah this is really the one part of this series so far that i've found that really makes me dislike anything in the series yeah. i mean Obviously, I dislike certain characters' actions and things like that, sure. but they're represented in a way where you're supposed to dislike them. Yep. Uh, it's kind of a point of the story that you dislike them. You don't like Menelie's parents' actions because they're being terrible to her. And right. that's something that is a part of actual society. And you're supposed to see that and say, I don't like that and I want to make things better, you know? Yep. And that's how a book should be. But this part is not represented in this way. Uh, it's represented as this is how this character is. This is just normal, you know. Hey, here is great. another extremely disagreeable great book of children's literature, Julia the Wolves. I don't think I know that one. Oh, my God. I will say no more. Uh, <laughs> you just get on it and you read that one. Okay, I will make a note right now. <laughs> because... Is it Julie of the Wolves? Yeah, Julie of the Wolves. Julie of the Wolves. I think she's a Nupia. She goes to live with the wolves because she can't live at home anymore. They make her get married. And oh. It's... See, that does sound like the type of story I would like. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not going to like that at all. Yeah. All right, I've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's extremely damaging to to the non-neurotypical community oh no oh yeah uh, i feel like i need to check it out but I i'm not paying anyone for it because i i try not to pay for things like that because yeah. i don't want to support it yeah uh i just want to know why this is the second one now that it's a story about a girl becoming strong in herself through her own efforts and her own talents and it still makes a really bad statement about non-neurotypical people. Dang. She herself is not, but is damaged by a character who is. So, yeah. 
That sucks. Yeah, yeah. I hate it when a story represents one thing really well and another thing really poorly. (laughs) But again, uh, that's life. Yeah, that's true. Okay, on we go. Okay, we're on to the compare and contrast section, which I only wrote a couple things for because, again, I was trying to keep us on time. Yes. (laughs) The tone and pacing of these two books is very different, even though they have similar themes. Do you prefer one over the other? I actually like reading them both at the same time, because as Dragon Singer is kind of slowing down and easing out, you know, like you've gotten to the end of a river and it's sort of easing into a delta where everything's slower and it's broadening out and you can see more things. Like you can see she's going to have a future and more songs to write and more mm-hmm. accolades and more friends and things are getting better. Old pain is being sent away. You know, she has, she tells people about what happened and then She's freed of it as that oh, story. I forgot about that part. That was another striking part, actually, is that she <laughs> broke down and told people what she had been through, which I thought was really cool. And, you know, when you get mad enough to punch a kid in the face, sometimes afterward, you have a lot to say. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, I like that now it's it's slowing down. And there's more of the details that I like to read about clothes and pie and mm-hmm. it's a know, bit domestic. music, a little domestic. Yep. And then that the other one is starting to intensify and increase its pace mm-hmm. with, a, you know, the same exact things have happened. Mm-hmm. Sunny has confronted rampant sexism and she gets to play soccer. Sunny is uh, having some nice times at home with her dad. Sunny's getting closer to sharing something with her mom. And yet, in the background, all of these things are because of the action becoming quicker. Mm-hmm. So the two things together, I, it's, it's toothsome. I like them yeah. both the same time. Yeah, I think they're a really good balance, especially if you're one of the people who... You are reading something, but it's just getting to a point where you don't want to read that particular type of thing right then, and you can switch over to the other. You can say, I can't handle all this action right now. I'm really anxious right now. I need a break. You can go and read Dragon Singer instead because it's a little bit slower. It's, like we said, pretty domestic right now. (laughs) It's pretty tame. Even though there's still stuff going on, it's not boring. Nope. But you get a little bit of a break from, oh my gosh, this guy's killing a bunch of kids and we need to stop him, you know? (laughs) And it is nice to be able to compare and contrast them because they are really similar in some ways and really different in others. And yeah, they just pair really well. (laughs) They do. Unexpectedly well. Yeah. And I like that. I feel like they're less obviously paired than previous books that we've done, but they still work really well together. I like it. Yeah, me too. Okay, and then the last one is, do you think there is more character growth, particularly for the main characters, in one of these books over the other? I'm not entirely... Yeah, I think Akata Witch. I think she grows and... Uh, becomes really more of an adult woman 
Mm-hmm. She's not. She's still a kid, but she has found places where she belongs. She doesn't have to worry and be a child about not fitting in and uh, knowing that it's in her blood, really in her blood. And yet, uh, mentally has also really, instead of being a little knot of pain and fear, has let that all go. That is true. See, that's the thing is I think in a way, Sunny has had more character growth because she's matured a lot. And I feel like mentally was already rather mature for her age. But she mentally is finding her place a lot more like we've been talking about. She's getting more comfortable, more confident, uh, which is also a type of character growth. It's not it's not the same type because I feel like maturation is much more pronounced Mm -hmm. and obvious, but it's still important that she's getting more confident. I mean, that's something that I'm working on in my personal life is getting more confident as a person. And I'm almost 30 now. So obviously that's an important aspect to it. So yeah, I think it's kind of just different types of character growth rather than necessarily more character growth right which i think is why you at first started to say no and then yes and then well (laughs) (laughs) well yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah i i really like comparing and contrasting these because it really does make you think especially when we get to book club and we start talking about it i feel like we reach a lot of conclusions that we don't necessarily reach on our own which is cool yeah. Which is also sort of the point of a book club. It is. Is to come to new conclusions. So that's really fun. All right. That is all of the questions that I had written. We're at 6.01 right now, which is perfect. And then we are reading the remainder of these two books for our next book club meeting, which will be on the 15th of March. Hopefully by then I will have both of the podcast episodes the one from this time and the one from last time up because I've fallen behind a little bit. But then we'll have our last meeting for the term. And then uh, next term, we have our next books picked out, which are going to be Look Me in the Eye by John Elder Robeson and Running with Scissors by Augustin Burroughs. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> Memoirs from the same family, very different points of view. Uh, and we'll probably get into a lot of controversy because there are there's a lot of controversy around these books and around the family that's involved with them. Should be good. Yeah. Tune in. I'm nervous but excited. <laughs> and we had talked about a better representation of someone who is not necessarily neurotypical. I don't know that we're going to get a better representation with these books, but we're going to get another story. And we're going to get some of the point of view of the actual person experiencing that rather than some author who is writing about it. And I think that's all you can ask. Yeah, really. And we'll probably find more stories like these in the future that are similar but different and give a different perspective and stuff like that. So this isn't the end of it for sure. That's right. We'll be talking about it more. But yep, that's what to look forward to next time. I will see you then. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Ashley. Bye. Bye.